0: Welcome to the Life Well-Lived podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interviewed Liz Kutika, founder of Millie Gray Movement. She's a Chicago-based fitness instructor with over a decade of experience at premier fitness boutiques in the Windy City. After getting pregnant and giving birth to her daughter, Millie, Liz was inspired to get certified as a corrective exercise specialist to help women in their pre- and postnatal journeys. In this episode... We cover so much solid and sound information for mothers of all ages, like healing your body in the weeks, months, and many years after giving birth, how she felt after getting an unplanned C-section, how her approach to fitness has changed, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Liz, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kayla. So I know of you i'm a, I used to live in Chicago. I was into the wellness scene. Um, so many people recommended your account to me specifically when I was pregnant and postpartum. but for those who aren't familiar with you, can you just do a little intro? Tell us about who you are, where you're from, what you do? Sure, absolutely.
1: Um, I am a mom of my daughter Millie, who's four and a half years old and um, I am a postpartum and pregnancy corrective exercise specialist, and I have been in the Chicago boutique fitness world for about 12 years or so. And um, in the last two years, I launched uh, my own company called Millie Gray Movement, um, which is a focus on working with pregnant and postpartum women, just getting them to move how they love and. wanting them or for me wanting them to move how they want how they love and um doing it in a way that's safe but where they can also get strong um so that's that's kind of about me yeah
0: there's a, yeah, there's definitely a huge gap in that, in this wellness space for that type of niche. But before we get down too far into what you're doing today, I would love to kind of take it back to where you started. So you've been in the fitness industry for a while. Can you talk to us about how you got interested? Were you always into fitness? Was this something that you kind of stumbled upon? Yeah, great question. Um, I've always been active my whole life. Um, I
1: was a dancer growing up and then pivoted more into a runner um, in high school or middle school in high school um, and then just continued to work out here and there Um, and I would say it was probably about 15 years ago I started to get like back into like working out and I took a bar class in a studio and really loved it it reminded me of my days dancing and they were looking for teachers they're like hey you want to teach and I was like Okay. So I started teaching and at that point there was like no certification or anything. They just were like, hey, can you come on Tuesday? And that's how it happened. And I loved it. It was so great. And then I realized like, this is what, um, at the time I was teaching preschool. So I'll kind of rewind there. I was teaching preschool and I was just doing this on the side and I realized I was like, oh my gosh, like I know that I'm meant to be a teacher, but I love teaching movement and I love teaching movement to adults. And so um, I then um, trained at Exhale, which was in Gold Coast, and uh, switched studios. And that was like the best bar certification that you could possibly get. So I spent eight months doing that getting trained under Fred DeVito and Liz Halfpack, who are like the king and queen of bar um, out of New York. And that's how I started. And then I was at Studio 3 at Top Cycle. That was always a dream of mine. And then I taught some hit classes there. Um, and that was my, uh, that became my full-time job after I left teaching preschool.
0: Wow. So you, you really took a a turn there from teaching in preschool to teaching fitness classes full-time. Were you ever, were you nervous to do that? Um, I was,
1: um, there was, I was nervous in the sense of, I didn't know if, if people were going to like my classes or if I was going to be successful at it. And if, if there was going to be able to be like a career out of it, um, and the more that I got involved in it, um, the more I just loved it. And I loved, I, I'm, I feel like I always loved being a student. As much as I'm a teacher, I love learning and love learning from other people. And so I just started to uh, surround myself with the best people I could and um, train from them, learn from them, and then just love transferring what I learned into um, words that uh, like sat well with my students in the class. This was like way before I was a mom. Um, And, you know, I just figured like, I like teaching preschool, but I didn't like love it. And I thought, oh gosh, if I keep doing this, I'm never gonna have my own kids. And um, so it was the first, like, I would say the first or second class of like teaching that I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But when you go to college and you're an education major, and you're taking all these tests to see like what, you know, what field you should go into. It's, it's never like teaching movement or teaching fitness comes up. It's just being a teacher. Right. And so, in my, and this is also, I'm much, I'm very old. I was in college like 2000 or 2004 too. So things have changed since then. But at the time it was just like, you're going to teach either elementary education or um, secondary. So, um, and I, I was going through the motions, but I never like loved it. Um, and you have, you know, te- teachers have the hardest jobs um, and you you have to love that in order to do that.
0: So, yeah, definitely a selfless job because <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, my mom is a teacher, too, and um, she listens to this podcast, so she'll probably appreciate the shout out. <laughs> but I watched it. I watched the grind, you know, grading papers at night and on the weekends and. You know, it's, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation, but especially during the pandemic, I feel like anyone that works in the education field is just deserves a raise because that is so hard. I, um, I could not agree more. Yeah. But, um, but back to you. So you have been interested in health, obviously, and, and fitness, but you're specifically interested in women's health and yes. you, your services cater more towards women. I know that you also, um, you welcome male clients, but I would say it's a little more female niche. Has it always been that way? And when did that begin?
1: Um, great question. Um, it, so it was after, I would say after Millie, um, after I had my daughter, um, I really started to have this like need to learn more and to want to know more because I felt Um, again, like I was pregnant five years ago and I feel like since then there has been a lot of steps in women's health, which I love. And I love that we're going that way, but five years ago, it was a lot different. And there was some information out there for pregnant women. I was in the industry. Um, I went to some of the best doctors, and I felt like I was just getting like very, very, um, Oh, like broad, um, guidelines on what to do and. You know in a training like you're you're just like a couple pages in there and now that i was pregnant i was like oh my gosh like i am going through all these things and no one talks about it and then i did okay being pregnant and staying active and still teaching my classes but it was um, after i had my daughter millie um, i had a pretty long labor and ended up in a c-section and my body was just shot and i went from my i felt awful like physically and mentally i felt awful and exercise was something that um, I use as uh, not only for physical health but really for emotional and mental health um, it really helps I am a very anxious person so it's always helped my anxiety and being a new mom and having a newborn and then also dealing with baby blues and postpartum depression not being able to move my body I was just starting to feel like I don't know what I'm gonna do and there's got to be something else out there because they just, you go from six weeks of doing nothing. And then you go to your checkup, as you know, and that six week mark, they're like, okay, green light, you can have sex and you can work out. And I looked at her, my doctor and I was like, is, do I need to do, do I need to, you know, do anything different? She's like, no, just keep doing like what you did before. Meanwhile, I had like, you know, a couple weeks before I had 14 staples across my hip bone. So I was thinking like, I don't feel right. So I became um, I found the best people I could to train from and to get certified from, immerse myself in as much knowledge as possible, and wanted to um, really really help the postpartum mom, and with that came the pregnant uh, women as well, pregnant moms. But I just felt like there was a gap, like the the po- especially any postpartum mom, it's like it was about you carrying the baby and then you have the baby and then it's about baby and you're just kind of forgotten about and i felt the same way in fitness and so i figured if fitness is what i love to teach i want to help these moms as much as possible in the way that i can and if i can alleviate any sort of stress in their life get them moving get them feeling good again that's what i want to do and that's what i love to do so
0: gosh i can't wait to dive into that and i i, I really want to talk about like your pregnancy because Did you, I want to know, did you have this information before you were pregnant? So you, you had no information and you basically were looking at, you know, probably, I don't know if you were looking online. Like I was Googling things. I was reaching out to experts. I bought like PDFs. I did the, um, expecting an empowered guide. Um, yeah. So I was very scared because everyone that I was talking to, even fitness experts, I'm not lying to you, people that are actually certified trainers, they told me, just keep doing with what you're doing for as long as you can. I'm like, I, at 14 weeks pregnant, I stopped running immediately. Like I was a runner my whole life. Um, and I was like, my runs are slow and I feel heavy. Like my, he was really sitting low from the very beginning. And I said, something's not right. I haven't ran since. Like I, I tried running one day postpartum. Um, and this was six months after I gave birth and I still can't really run well, you know? So, that's um
1: that's very common and i think trainers are amazing and you know there it's just like any profession there's really good trainers and then there's different you know there's different trainers that specify yeah. different things what i do is a very very specific um certification and education because what i teach is um, basically the foundations of how to have like a strong functional body. So regardless if you're pregnant or postpartum, a man never been pregnant, what I'm going to teach you is going to be basically the exact same. Unfortunately, it's kind of mind blowing going through this. This is not taught in, um, training certifications. It's not taught in group X certifications. Um, and quite frankly, like I think these are things that should be taught to us as children. Um, and I I can go on and on about that and explain why, but I mean, it just breaks down to breathing and are we breathing right? And are we contracting our core right? And you know, there's a lot of what we don't realize is diastasis. That's like a buzzword. Everyone talks about it. They think of it as like their abs splitting apart. Yes, that does happen during pregnancy. Yes. Studies show 100% of women get it during their pregnancy at 40 weeks at their due date. So it's totally normal, but There are women um, and girls and men that have diastasis that have never been pregnant that can still get it because they are not contracting their abs properly, they're not maintaining their inner abdominal pressure, um, and they are not uh, contracting and breathing right, which can also cause hernias. Um, And a whole other um, bunch of problems too, like pelvic organ prolapse,
0: pelvic
1: floor dysfunction incontinence things like that so um wow yeah
0: i'm like if if anyone could see me my jaw was like just dropping because like continuously dropping because i have never heard any of this information before in terms of diastasis not just occurring in postpartum women um Mm -hmm. because i definitely have like a tiny bit it's like not fully closed yet i've been working on it for a long time though but i will say it takes time to really heal so um like talking about your own journey, you were yeah. pregnant. I, I am assuming you had a pretty healthy pregnancy. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that and, like, also sure. what it looked like postpartum too sure. for you? Yeah. Um, so again, keep in mind, I did not know any
1: of this information five years ago when I was pregnant with Millie. I wish I had hindsight twenty twenty. 20 I, I think a lot would be different, um, but that's why I'm here now and doing what I do. Um, my pregnancy was—I had a pretty. Um, my body was pretty healthy. I just dealt with like the, you know, the SI joint pain, and I went to physical therapy for that. That's really common during pregnancy, the pubic symphysis pain. Um, but I worked out every single day. My I c- continued my workouts, so um, I had to stop running. I it turned more into walking. Um, bar became my favorite exercise or my favorite like class to go to during pregnancy, um, and I was still teaching like. Uh, I think 10 or 12 classes a week as well I was teaching cycle up until 28 weeks pregnant Um, and then I started to get a lot of contractions Um, so I pulled back from the cycle which was really just dehydration so I was just like oh I better stop Um, and I the day my water broke I was in a bar class that morning Um, so I felt I felt pretty good I mean like you know, hard to move and had to modify a lot, but I still continue to go to my classes because it gave me some piece of normalcy and so many things when I felt like not like myself, right? So, yes. Yeah, I'm sure you can relate. So, like, even though I'd look around in the class and I would go to exhale um, where I taught and even though everyone was doing something else, I would maybe be on the floor like stretching, but it just gave me a sense of like, okay, I'm still in this class, I'm still seeing people, I'm still kind of moving my body, but it just like it felt for me at that point too it was more like emotional um, and totally. yeah, mental. Um, so th- I felt pretty good. So like I um, Millie, my water broke at 39 weeks one day, and then I. My water broke on a Saturday night after the Studio 3 Christmas party at uh, RPM Italian. And um, then that's I... That's
0: a great restaurant, at least. Yeah, <laughs> got
1: yeah, some food. Good. I had a good meal in me, um, but Millie was not born until Monday morning from a C-section. So that entire time, uh, I had a pretty rough labor and ended in a C-section, and which is what I did not want. And... Uh, no, I, I don't think most people, I don't want to say that. Some people do prefer a C-section. I, my plan was to um, deliver vaginally. And after the hours of pushing and everything like that, um, they just called it at, at a C-section. And I ended up being in the hospital. I know he was born on a Monday. I didn't go home until the following Saturday. Um, I was just a wreck um and i felt awful and i was in so much pain and i didn't really want to complain about it because i was like i know i just had a baby and this hurts but like i just don't feel right and i was struggling a lot with that i was struggling a lot with this c-section i was struggling a lot with my body image i could not look at myself in the mirror naked i couldn't look at my scar if i did look at my scar i was i felt like frankenstein um, I realize now I try to go back and look at pictures and I realized I didn't even take a picture of myself and what I looked like postpartum because I was having such a hard time with it. Um, and I then um, was like a whole other conversation.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can relate to all the things. I still like my mind, mind you, I'm gosh, eight months postpartum almost and I'm still like, totally can't look at myself naked but that was like that before like i just i don't know like i don't want to i if i stare at myself like in the mirror i'm gonna nitpick yeah. it's like i feel like that anxious personality type is also probably like very um perfectionist tendency yeah, totally. so i can really 100% to what you're saying yeah. and so like it's to me that's normal i'm like oh yeah yeah <laughs> totally can't look at myself um for too long or else i like, go down a rabbit hole so um but for you you were navigating this po- postpartum season. Um, what changed? Like, what changed for you when in in like how you did did your you know the healing and the the daily practices? Like, there's yeah. so much emotional change, physical change, like mental mm-hmm. change. I look back
1: at Millie's like first year, and like I went through. I I, w- I had severe postpartum depression, undiagnosed for a long time, and I was just like in this black hole. And, but I hit it very well, very, very well. And one of, um, Jamie Kreider is, um, she owns Nurture Therapy. It's, um, and she herself is a perinatal mental health therapist, but I do a lot of work with her um, for, um, we collaborate together and things, but she says this, and I think this, is, this was me, she goes, I don't worry about the mom that comes into my office or that I'm on the screen with the new mom that's like hair like off to the side and like bra strap falling off and you know, whatever. She's like, I'm worried about the mom that comes in and has their hair perfectly done. And it's just like, I'm fine, everything's fine and like well-dressed. And she's like, that is the new mom that I'm most worried about. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, like that was, that was me for a while. Like I was just, I'm fine. This is great. Millie's great, which she was. Um, but I was suffering and a lot of it was, I had an identity crisis. I was like, you know, I was this fitness person and how does this work now that I'm a mom and this sounds so shallow, but like, I don't feel like I have that body that I had before. So is anyone going to want to take my class anymore? Literally had that thought. No, one's going to want to take my class anymore. So, um, I am going. I'm totally sidetracking right now, but this was like part of the the mental thing that was going on, and and I couldn't work out. And so then, at a the six week checkup, I go to work out, or you know, they tell me to go back and work out. Um, And on that way back from my six week, six week checkup, I know I'm jumping around, but I'm I'm trying to like piece connect the
0: dots. Yeah, I'm piece following. We're but all
1: following. <laughs> Uh, I my mom came because I had my security checkup. So I, again, I had like a sitter. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna like. There was like, I had a twelve o'clock appointment. There's a one o'clock bar class. I went to the one o'clock bar class, and I remember being in that class. I left. I ran into my good friend Holly on the way back, who taught there too, and I just started weeping. I put my arms around her, and I was like, I feel awful. And during that hour, I realized. My body felt better six weeks ago when I was 39 weeks pregnant in one day. I felt stronger. Um, My body feels awful now. Like I feel tight. I feel stiff. Um, Also, my thought process, the baby is out of me. She's out of me. How come I feel weaker? And I just went down this rabbit hole like that. So I left in tears because I was like identified with my body, identified with my physical, what I did physically um, and I just felt awful. Um, what now, what I know is that what people don't tell you is if you think about the, um, so think about, okay, so when you're 40 weeks pregnant, 38 weeks pregnant, or just pregnant, you have, if you think of your belly, you have the baby filling up all the space, right? So the abdominal muscles get overly lengthened. They're stretching because baby's growing, but the baby's there to kind of like put tension on the muscles. Does that make sense? Like the, yes. the hole is still there. Okay. So picture that. So now you're newly postpartum, baby's out, abdominal muscles are still overly stretched and haven't gone back to the regular size yet. So if you think of it, there's no tension on the muscles. So you are weaker when you're postpartum than you are when you're pregnant. No one tells you this, right? Wouldn't that be so nice to like know that? <laughs>
0: Yeah. I experienced the same thing. I'd look at photos. I'm like, I was so happy at 39 weeks pregnant. I was huge. I was like, Whoa, how did I work out? But I was still working out. I was still going for long walks in the dead of January in Chicago. And I just remember thinking like, right after I gave birth, I remember, you know, just feeling like this sense of, Oh, now I can finally get back to myself. Like now that he's here and now, you know, you're tired, but you're like so fulfilled. It's such a beautiful time, but you're also like, wanting so badly to like chase the person you once were when really that person's gone, like mentally, physically, emotionally, that person did no longer exist. Now you are a mom and it's not a bad thing, but like there's a transformation that happens there. And like the postpartum phase for me, just as you were mentioning, I remember just thinking like, why is my core jello? Yeah. Like I couldn't even like get, get out of bed the right way or I'd be like, Oh man, it, it kind of like hurts, you know, I yeah. don't even have a C-section. So I can't imagine what having a C-section feels like after you're, you know, with all your abdominal wall, just like crumbling.
1: Spir- sp- like literally they, they put their fingers in and they pull it Ugh. apart.
0: That's <laughs> uh-huh. insane. Right. It's so
1: crazy. I just did a post on my Instagram about all the layers that get cut through for a C-section.
0: I, s- yeah. I love that. I sent it to my sister-in-law who had a C-section. That's right. C-section. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, Oh my goodness. Like, I wish I knew this before. Like so many women keep saying that.
1: And so here's, I know I'm getting sidetracked again, but here's what I always tell my clients. Like, I just don't understand. And I hope, I hope women's health, this is going to change, but you would never go in for an ACL repair and at at your six week checkup with your surgeon, he would never let you go without writing a script for physical therapy because you would need to relearn how to strengthen the muscles, how to support it. So you don't re-injure yourself. I do not, it is so mind blowing to me that it, your six week checkup at three weeks, I mean, it should start before six weeks, to be honest, why they are not writing scripts for pelvic floor PT, ortho PT, all of that, because I mean, it is major, major abdominal surgery. And I think it just kind of gets like pushed under the rug because women have babies all the time. So it's just like, oh yeah, you got a kid. But it's, I mean, no matter how you deliver, it's trauma to the body, but a C-section is, is oh, yeah. major surgery. Also, there are vaginal deliveries that end up, you know, there can be three and fourth degree tears too. So it can be yeah. just as, it can take just as long as a C-section. I don't want oh, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to, yeah, yeah. No,
0: you're fine. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just nodding my head because I'm like, yeah, I had a almost a third degree tear. It was like between a second and a third. Yeah. So that oh is r- did you also and then you also had a c-section or did so, you go yep. so i pushed for four i'm like i,
1: I had oh work both ways oh um, no
0: yeah so i pushed for four
1: and you know they were trying to pull her out but couldn't and then it ended in a c-section so oh, um, wow yeah anyway um <laughs> i think that was part of i think that was part of the reason um why i was in so much pain for so long but um, going back to the working out, know, I just I did I did exactly what they told me to do. I went back and I did I didn't do anything crazy. I I still did planks on my knees. I still mm-hmm. was doing all the modifying stuff. But I and and so as months went on, I I lost the baby weight, which now I think was really the postpartum depression. I didn't realize that that was a sign of it. I actually became you know very very thin, um, but my body was different. I had no glutes. I, my, I mean, I, my, my butt was like, literally I turned to the side and it was like a pancake and I was so confused because I was like <laughs> so many glute exercises in a bar class and all these other classes I do like why. And now I know, um, that I wasn't doing them properly. Um, and, and, and how the structure of the body changes when you're pregnant and how your, your femur, your thigh bone actually sits further forward in your hip socket because, you're gripping under your butt so much to protect. So picture this, right? That, that gripping of your butt that happens when you're pregnant because you're trying yep. to pull up your baby bump, <laughs> in of the abs, that shoves your femur too far forward in your hip. And then you, you so you lose the range of motion in your leg, in your hip. So you lose your glute muscles. And so your whole structure of your body changes. Yeah. So this is stuff that I work with pregnant women. It's not as simple as saying. Do these squats or anything like that? It's working on ways to get your 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 body realigned back to where you're functioning right. Because being pregnant, it changes the way your spine is shaped. It changes the way your hips are. It changes your rib cage, right? So, like, if you, I always say, if if you're postpartum and your bra size never went down, like if it was, or if if when if you were always a thirty-two pre-baby and then like you were a thirty-four and then it never went back down. There are exercises, breathing exercises you can do to get your ribcage angle back down because that opened ribcage is just going to throw off your breathing, going to throw off your core, going to keep your diastasis from healing. So wow. it's all those little things. Yeah.
0: That's um, so crazy. That yeah. sounds like me. I'm yeah. sitting here like, wow, I, <laughs> I need to contact you outside yeah. of this interview. Oh, no, no. I know. I yeah. feel,
1: like, feel like a four-part series, but um, yeah. But, well, and I keep getting sidetracked too, but cause I have so much to share, but I, <laughs> I, um, I, so I, my doctor didn't really check me for diastasis at the six week checkup. And I basically like begged them to write me a script for ortho PT at that point. I didn't even know what pelvic floor PT was. I'd never heard of it. So I went to an ortho PT to kind of help me. Cause I was like, I need to like relearn how to engage my abs. And it did help. I went to her weekly, Um, she checked me for diastasis and she was like, Oh no, you're doing pretty well. And then at six months postpartum, I was feeling some pain going on, like, on, like, I didn't know if it was scar tissue from a C-section, just some pain in my abdomen. So I went and they gave me a CT scan and they're like, Oh, everything is fine. Might just be like gas or scar tissue. But, (laughs) and then, you know, they're going through and they're like, but you have a three, four centimeter diastasis. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, I know I don't. And they're showing me everything and how my rectus muscles were like pulled apart down the linea elba. And I didn't know anything then. And so basically I, I gave, so I had a diastasis. Everyone has a diastasis when they are pregnant and then it can go back some people's go back together some people's don't mine apparently i think went back together but the way that i was working out the improper breathing the improper core um how i was firing my abdominals needs to be bottom to top i was pulling my belly button in towards my spine or i was just holding my breath bracing that created more pressure out on my linea elbow, that line down the six pack so i got a diastasis months after being pregnant oh or Yes, and so just so you know, I have several clients that end up getting prolapse for four or five months postpartum they didn't have it before, because all those muscles are weak. And a lot happened on it there's a lot of strain and it takes time for that to heal and so at six weeks if you just go back to doing what you did before. There could be a chance, could be a chance that you're not doing it properly and you could cause these issues, or you could cause the issues to be worse or keep them from healing. So it's not what we do. People are always like, "What workout should I do?" It, it doesn't matter. Any I want you to move how you love, but you just need to make sure you're doing it in the right way. And doing it in the right way means are you in a proper breathing pattern and are you in the right alignment? And you lose one of those two, you're going to throw something off. And so I just help women understand these things and make them like get in their bodies actually and say, well, where do you feel this, right? So you're doing a plank, but you feel it in your back. So what muscles do you think are working your back? So how can we get your abs to fire? So it's just teaching them, um, it's not an easy fix, but it's teaching them to get in their body and to understand what's happening. And so when they feel something going on, uh, okay, I feel this here. How do I change my strategy? So I teach them different breathing patterns. I teach them different modifications, how to change it up. So it's a, it's a process.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. It's a, I feel like postpartum is people, most people probably don't know this and you do, because you're <laughs> certified in everything uh, related to women's health and postpartum. Um, but it's a whole year. Postpartum is a year. It's not just the six weeks after or the six months. I mean, I keep reminding myself because I do have a tiny bit of like coning when I do some exercises. It's really like minimal, but I'm like, this is why my body doesn't feel right yet because I still feel like I have a little bit of a centimeter, maybe like, or I don't even know the right terminology because I haven't gotten checked since my what was it? I think I had a six week and then I also had a follow-up like just because I had some pretty bad tearing. Um, They had like an additional, like I think it was like an eight week checkup as well. Um, But anyway, uh, they they didn't check for my diastasis at all. I've been doing self home checks and it has gotten better with diaphragmatic breathing and things like that and pelvic floor work. Um, But I will say just, I'm fully transparent here. Work has been really busy and yeah. uh, it's been put on the back burner. And I'm like, doing a plank the other day and I just said what like I said to myself this is I know for a fact like this sounds bad I know I'm not fat like I know that my you know there there might be some extra stuff on my stomach right now because i'm postpartum. No, have yeah. extra skin. That, that extra
1: skin yeah. yes i have, feel yeah.
0: like i have extra skin and i'm also like my lower belly is not what it used to be it looks like more um I don't know how to describe it like it almost looks like a kidney bean does that make sense like it's like well it's like I've I'm embarrassed at, that I can't describe this <laughs> like elegantly. Um yeah, just like, like feels like more poofy. Like distended. Yeah. Literally. Even though I eat really clean. I even gave up drinking, like not f- for really it sounds bad, not for like dieting reasons, just for oh, general like, health yeah. and wellness reasons. Um, and I'm like, I am still not what I thought it would be. So, can you talk to me about that? Like, if you think you're doing everything right, like, what, what? Sure. So,
1: obviously, I, I haven't seen you, and I, like, I am not. I can't diagnose. That is not right. What I do. That's not. I, not in my lane. I stay in my lane. Um, I can't <laughs> do that. But, and legally, I can't do that. Um, But it's so. So, it can you? Be, uh, lower belly pooch can happen for a couple of reasons. So, one might be that you are. So, remember how I was telling you, like, proper core engagement so i so there's lots of different ways that we can like tense our abs and i think a lot of us think that like holding our breath or like pushing out is the best way and that's actually taught in like um power lifting because when we push our abs out we actually get more force but also what that does is it causes more pressure out the linea elbow which is that line down with six pack and uh, around the belly button and then in our pelvic floor. So that can cause prolapse, even in men. It can cause like the, what I can't stand is uh, on social media or Instagram, the women that um, lift really, really heavy to the point of like where they're peeing their pants and they think that that's a good thing. Um, And I think they just need to be educated on like, no, that's not like pushing yourself like past like discomfort. That's actually like putting too much pressure down on your pelvic floor and your bladder, you know, empties. Yeah. You're, no. <laughs> causing, you're causing pelvic you know, incontinence, which could also be from pelvic organ prolapse. Your bladder could be descending from your body is what's happening. So you can brace your abs out. What can also happen is a lot of people tend to brace. And I know you guys can't see me, but I'm showing Kayla, um, you tend to brace top down. So that, those are the people that just brace up here and then oh, don't, that's Okay, is that you? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes.
0: She's showing me. And it's like you wrap your hands around your ribcage. I learned it from a YouTube video. Look, oh, I'm not wow. proud. No, 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 I'm not no. proud of it. I should just hire you because okay, this is okay. so, what I've been doing
1: so. This is also mind-blowing too. The transversus abdominis is that deep, right? That deep mm-hmm. sheet of muscle that is supports the spine and it inserts in the in the behind the spine, or like I should say in the spine, and wraps all the way around, so your corset muscles. And on top of that, we have the internal obliques, external obliques, and the six-pack muscle, the rex abdominis. abdominus. That transverse abdominis is one muscle, however, it fires or contracts in three separate areas. So you could be contracting your upper TAs, and not your middle and lower. You could be contracting your lower TAs and not your middle and upper. And you could also just be contracting your middle TAs and not your lower and upper, which is why you never want to just pull your belly button back to the spine. It's like- You never remember instructor says that. Yeah. Everyone does. And not that that's wrong, you just don't want to do that without engaging all the muscles with it, right? So the muscles want balance. So if you are just pulling your belly button in towards your spine, you're flaring your rib cage and then you're putting that pressure down on your pelvic floor. So actually that lower belly pooch When you have that, it's telling me that, it's a key to the pelvic floor. It's telling me one, your lower TA muscles are super weak. You're not, and your upper TA muscles are too strong. So what we wanna do is up train the lower TAs and down train the, the upper TAs to make it balanced. The body wants balance. Also what that's telling me is the lower abdominals or a window into the pelvic floor, you're putting too much pressure down on your pelvic floor. So if I'm contracting my abs top down and you think of everything, the muscles, the airs, inner abdominal pressure, I'm pushing that down. So then that's going down towards my pelvic floor. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. And I'm so sad that people can't see you right now because you're I know, doing
1: Instagram live.
0: <laughs> right. I, we should. And also your abs are inspiring. So I'm sitting here like, all right, now I'm going to listen to whatever you say. Cause you look fantastic. And that's just like from a superficial perspective, but it's true. Um,
1: <laughs> um, I, think? I still, I still have a diastasis. So, um, which like my ads have not completely, you said like you're eight months postpartum, postpartum actually is for life. So once you have, I have women that are,
0: Oh, don't tell me that. (laughs) But here's
1: why if you, I've, I've some clients, 13 years postpartum, eight years postpartum, my old, my, I don't want to say my oldest client, but my oldest postpartum client, her youngest is 29 years old. So, and she still sees me and, or she sees me to correct some of the things that were going on. because if we don't correct the things that happened, then we're still going to have those issues. And here's the best part though, it is never too late to fix or address those issues. So some people think, I get emails all the time, I'm 14 months postpartum, is it too late to work with you? Absolutely not. It is never too late to fix the issues that were caused from pregnancy and even before, because what we're gonna do is we're gonna get you breathing right and we're gonna get your alignment right, and better and you're going to feel better and you're going to be stronger which is awesome and it's like i think it just gives people hope
0: you know yeah it gives me hope i mean yeah. man i'm fired i'm fired up what you want to do
1: is focus on maybe putting one hand use your hands always it's good for the brain to understand what's going on the biofeedback i put one hand like right around your rib cage i would put one hand on the lower part of your abdominals and try to keep your rib cage muscles relaxed and just focus on just pulling your pubic bone up towards your nose and working on that
0: wow Mm -hmm. i feel like oh go ahead i was going to say and then if you can also
1: get a kegel a pelvic floor contraction with the lower abdominal contraction you're going to get more of a lower abdominal contraction
0: wow i i don't want i and i also feel like you're giving away so much information which is what I want for this podcast, but also I want to respect the fact that people should be hiring you. So how can people work with you? Like, what do you offer?
1: So great question. Um, I have, um, I do something called, um, the pregnancy and postpartum virtual series. Um, it's six weeks. It is, um, an hour and 15 minute session with me weekly. It's going to be more educational based than it is a workout. So it is me explaining, I think it's very important to understand the whys behind everything rather than to just be told, do this, do this, do this, because I think it gives, um, it gives women and, um, men, if they're taking the series, um, to, uh, It gives them a better understanding and then it can then they can then connect the dots and apply it into all areas of their life so um it's like six weeks where i meet with them weekly and we go through exercises breathing foundational exercises muscle activation um to most people to the eye the exercises are going to look like super not fun not sexy at all not like nothing that I would like want to put on a reel or Instagram because people would be like, oh, this is boring. This is boring. But (laughs) if you are doing it right, it's going to be so hard and it's going to be mind blowing because I'm going to tell you, show you how we should be breathing in a plank and contracting our abs and how we should be breathing, contracting our abs in a side plank. And no one, I've yet to meet anyone that is doing it how you can be. And I don't want to say you're doing it wrong, but you could be doing it so much more efficiently. And what mom doesn't like efficiency in a workout? Who's got an hour to work out anymore, right? You have 20 minutes. Do exercises, do them right, and you're going to feel better than if you did an hour of just kind of like mindless stuff. And I'm not saying mindless stuff is bad. I think we all just need those workouts to like whatever, ignore our kids. But you've got 20 minutes. Be super intentional. And so that's, that's, and so that's what, um, so I've got that coming up. And then I also, um, a bonus to that is I, they have a live Q and A with a pelvic floor PT. Cause I want them to understand what that is and how it can help. Um, I'm so excited because I've just partnered with, um, I had a birth doula before, but I have a new, um, birth doula and postpartum doula. So they'll get a live Q and A with her. And then Jamie Kreider, who is the perin- perinatal mental health therapist, we do something called a live talk where we just talk about anything, sex with our partners or anything that's coming up with the group that they like wanna talk about, you know, meeting, asking someone for help for something, um, emotions they're going through, just anything, which is really, really cool. Um, And then we do like a private community with that where I, give them exercises and that. So that's a six week program. Um, I have, this is my last level one that I'm doing for 2021. It starts next week, 2022 I'll be offering my first level two. So it's going to be more advanced exercises. Um, people can work with me one-on-one. However, my schedule is completely <laughs> right now for, for good reason. You're damn yeah, good. Um, for one-on-one clients. Um, but I should have, I've got a couple moms, um, expected to give birth in late October. So I, sh- I should have some openings come November. Um, And then um, I have an on-demand platform where people can take my classes. Um, All different levels are welcome. It's based on like bar, what I love, bar um, and bar cardio, very similar to what I taught at exhale, but with my own corrective exercise spin on it and giving modifications for all levels too. So there's classes anywhere from 12 minutes to 60 minutes to accommodate every single nap time schedule and... (laughs) What, whatever you have. So
0: that's awesome. Wow. I feel like I've just, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and I know, I know. we both, this. yeah, we both have kids. So I know like schedules are always tight. So I so appreciate you coming on. I always end every episode with the same question and I'm very intrigued to hear what you have to say. So what does living a life well-lived mean to you? A life well-lived
1: means just doing the best you can every single day and Trying to find balance and peace in there as well, and just being kind to people.
0: Perfect. Simple as that. <laughs> simple, simple, and beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on social and on the web?
1: Great. Um, my website is Millie Gray, Gray with an uh, E, not an A, Millie Gray and my Instagram is at Liz Kutica, L I Z C U T T I C A.
0: Liz, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.